Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. Expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Friday, September 10th, 2021. On today's episode, we're going to give our reaction and we're going to speculate about the new trailer for The Matrix Resurrections. This is Slash Film Editorial Director Peter Soretta, and joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film Senior Writer and Weekend Editor Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. And Senior Writer Ben Pearson. Hey, what's going on? And you might from time to time hear a storm that's brewing in Ben's neck of the woods. We've been hearing it while we've been getting ready for this podcast. So yeah, it, it's it like might the speak of up. the Matrix revolutions here, Peter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's very fitting. Okay, so yesterday the, the trailer for The Matrix Resurrections hit the interwebs. If you have not seen this, I, I can't imagine you're listening to Slash Film Daily and <laughs> not seen the trailer for the matrix four but if you haven't we are linking it in the show notes go watch it now because we're going to give our reactions and then we're going to speculate on things but let's first start with our reactions and i'll i'll, I'll start things off by saying i i was kind of worried about this movie in so much as i i don't think it's well number one i don't think it's necessary to do another matrix movie which I guess could be said of, of most sequels, most franchise sequels. Um, but also the Wachowskis, like their last few films. Um, it's not that I disliked any of them. I, I actually rather actually, I, I think, fall in the positive side of things. But I just I didn't think I wanted to see another Matrix movie from them. Uh, and I was kind of worried about Keanu and Carrie reprising their roles many years later as Neo and Trinity and how it would just like look like older people wearing their younger costumes. Uh, it kind of really bothered me with like Bill and Ted. It even, I, I don't know. I, I think I'm probably in the minority here, but like I even bothered me with Han Solo in uh, the new Star Wars or in Force Awakens. Like it, it just felt like an older guy trying to reprise his younger i don't know i don't know what about it really bothered me but it just felt fake in some way and i i was surprised from this trailer at how much 
Uh, none of that ended up being an issue for me, at least in this trailer, and how it felt both like like the original The Matrix, but also – oh, my dog's barking now. <laughs> yeah, how it felt both like the original Matrix and it also felt like new and fresh. So it was it was much better than I was expecting. I'm now fully into this. I'm I'm now excited. I'm now hyped. Brad, what are your thoughts? Uh, I feel the exact same way. Um, except I do think that maybe because Matrix Revolutions was somewhat, uh, not even somewhat, but mostly disappointing and unsatisfying <laughs> end to the Matrix trilogy that doing something like Matrix Resolutions feels like it's a good idea, assuming that it's that it's good and it kind of makes up for that lackluster ending. But uh, yeah, this movie looks incredible uh, visually, and I like that it teases a lot about what's to come in the story without really explaining much about what's happening. Um, you know, on the surface, I think that it feels like a typical legacy sequel or reboot that brings back some of the original cast. But I think that that's going to be something that um, is played with narratively and probably is will subvert expectations and be turned on, uh, on its head a little bit to uh, mess with that formula that we've seen executed so many times with various franchises in recent years. Um, it just, yeah, it just looks outstanding as a huge fan of the matrix trilogy. I, I still love reloaded. I think reloaded is an incredible sequel. I just think that it's tainted by, uh, revolutions being so disappointing and i'm really interested to see where this goes yeah you, you do make a good point it, it's better to come off of like you know say to, to to make a star wars sequel coming off of the prequels than make a star wars sequel coming off of the original trilogy right <laughs> uh ben what are your thoughts on this trailer yeah i'm right there with with uh brad specifically i i really love the look of this i loved um you know i, I really am only I would only count myself or call myself a fan of that first film, but there are so many callbacks and sort of um, like shout outs to scenes that we're familiar with uh, from that first film in this uh, teaser or, or full trailer or whatever you want to call it. And um, I just think I'm, I'm so curious about Lana Wachowski here because she is co-writing this and directing it. And I think, you know, Peter, you're, you're worried about like, do we really need another matrix movie? I think Lana Wachowski is smart enough to only return to this well of storytelling if she has something really, really interesting to say. And I'm, you know, the Wachowskis are known for their big swings. And uh, I don't know if this movie is going to be good, but I can guarantee you that it's going to be really, really interesting. And um, I think it's going to be really good because this trailer is awesome. Yeah, I, I hope it's good. Um, okay, let's get into some of our speculation. So... If, if you don't want to get into, you know, us breaking down things that we have noticed from the trailer, rewatching the trailer, uh, rumors, um, we don't have any like inside knowledge per se. We, there are rumors going around online. Um, you know, tune out now if, if you don't want to hear any of that. But uh, know that going into this, that we're going to be speculating on stuff and, uh, you know, uh, uh, two out of the three of us are not dumb. And. <laughs> <laughs> and that was me calling myself dumb. Uh, we, I think we're pretty astute in terms of film. So what I'm basically saying here is uh, some of the things that we're going to pick out here probably will end up to be true. So if you don't, if you don't want to hear possible speculation that could lead to things that actually happened in the film, uh, now is the time to exit. Okay, 
Uh, that said, I, I do want to pat myself on the back. Ben, I think you mentioned this on the previous episode, but I want to say, say that I predicted this title in 2009, an April Fool's Day joke in 2009, when we still did April Fool's Day jokes in Slash Film, something we don't do anymore because the whole April Fool's Day landscape has turned into just fake news. Like it's it's not even a joke anymore. There's no paha or funniness to it. Like I, but in 2009, uh, I reported that they were going to make another Matrix movie, actually a trilogy of Matrix movies, and it was called The Matrix Resurrections. And uh, in, 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 I'll link the story in the show notes if you want to read <laughs> the story from 2009. The only thing I got right was the title. Uh, everything else, including uh, who wrote it, to who was involved, to uh, some kind of new technology. I said it was called like the bullet time globe that was going to use avatar technology. All, all, all probably incorrect. But um, but yeah, I got, I got the title. I got that much. Um, okay, so let's start things off with asking how how do you even do a Matrix sequel? Because it feels like the Matrix trilogy ends in a way – that you can't you can't do another story. Brad, I know you wrote up an article on Slash Home kind of theorizing how this is going to lead into the Matrix Revolutions or lead in from the Matrix Revolutions. Uh, can you tell us about it? Yeah, I mean, so there's, there's a, a quick flash of shots um, early on in the trailer when uh, Neo, as Thomas Anderson, is speaking with Neil Patrick Harris as a therapist. Uh, after he's talking about like a dream that he had and two of the quick shots show us in uh, the real world with a swarm of machines around Neo and he's laying in basically like this uh, on ground that's covered in water with cables and uh, there's some like little spider machines crawling on him and other big machines looming over him and if you look closely at, at the, the second more close shot of Neo in the scene, his eyes are burned, which is exactly what happened to him in Matrix Revolutions. Um, in the real world, the character Bane was taken over by Agent Smith, um, assimilating him in the Matrix just before he was taken out of the Matrix and brought into the real world. And he burned Neo with like a, a power cable so that he couldn't see. Of course, he ended up being able to see with you know, what amounts to a third eye where he sees basically like the... Uh, a bunch of glowing yeah like yeah the code but in the real world like glowing yellow instead of you know scrolling green and that kind of thing um and so this looks like we'll get at least some idea of what happened immediately after uh matrix revolutions and i imagine this probably has something to do with him being plugged back into the matrix but potentially with his memory wiped which is why he needs to be reminded of all this and suddenly comes you know awakens again in this new version of the matrix hmm do you have any speculation on who could be doing this to him? Who could be plugging him back in? Um, I mean, I'm honestly not sure because there's supposed to be like this peace between machines and, and people by the end of revolutions. That's what whole, Neo's whole thing is. So maybe it's a new rogue program. Maybe it's the machines trying to break out of like this cycle that there is because as we learned in the Matrix sequels, what happens in the Matrix trilogy is something that happens several, has happened several times before. I believe that they said that this is the, the sixth time that this uh, sequence of events has played out by the time Matrix Reloaded rolls around. So 
I wonder if like somebody within the matrix, whether it's the machines, whether it's a program is sick of the cycle and wants to try and pull the one, which is a, a function within the matrix that needs to exist in order for it to operate uh, cleanly and efficiently. If they want to try and pull the one out and I, my, my, I'm theorizing, I think that this, the, all the scenes that we see in this trailer that echo the matrix I wonder if it's a simulation within a simulation trying to reactivate Neo so that they can use him for some other purpose to wipe him out, essentially. Wait, so who's who wants to use him? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure who it is. Okay. Like, yeah, but so, I, I, <laughs> either either the, either the machines or a rogue program or or something like that. Yeah, uh, I know when this trailer first hit the internet, there was a lot of people online being like, "Where's the green tint?" Because in the first movie, there was this green tint for all the scenes that took place inside the Matrix. Uh, ben, I know you did a, a breakdown of this trailer for the site. You I talked did. a little bit about the, why there probably isn't a green tint. Uh, I didn't really mention that in that trailer. I, I um, was speaking with Dave Chen about this, and he was saying that a lot of uh, the, the what we associate with the green tent from the Matrix actually came after the theatrical cut of that movie. Like, um, you can go on YouTube and look at... Uh, you know, breakdowns and comparison, you know, pieces and stuff that that show that like in subsequent releases, because that green tint was so visually distinct and, you know, all over the DVD case and stuff like that, evidently that some of that actually made its way into the aesthetic of the movie and like subsequent cuts and, and different releases and stuff like that. So it might not that that's a weird thing. I've not like done the oh, really? deep dive into that. Yeah, but that's huh. like a really fascinating, uh, I guess, phenomenon all on its own that I I have not uh, made the time to to really like dive into because that feels like something that uh, I really want to like you know spend some time <laughs> on on that and like figure out you know go frame by frame through stuff and and see if that's uh, actually real. But um, it, it sounds uh, plausible. But uh, so, yeah, I, to- I, I totally remember a green tint in the movie theater. But like that could be just me re- re- rewriting history. But I think what I was particularly talking about is n- not you mentioning the tint, but you mentioning, you know, this really fake looking uh, version of this. Oh, right, world yeah. That was- yeah. In the very beginning, uh, you know, like the first shot of the trailer is this this. Um, you know, landscape shot of like this Victorian looking building in San Francisco that really reminded me of the an- the Amazon Studios opening animation that plays before that company's movies where everything <laughs> just looks super uh, fake, like on purpose. And that sort of leads me into kind of what Brad was saying, where like this feels like it could be a simulation within a simulation. Um, you know, Brad's ideas about uh, the machines or whoever trying to reignite Neo uh, make the most sense to me out of anything that I've, you know, in any theories that I've heard about uh, this film so far. Um, I guess just like broadly, my thoughts kind of mirror Brad's. I'm I'm interested in what this movie has to say uh, sort of on a meta level too, because the just the very idea of revisiting some of these familiar um, plot points, if you want to call them that, where, you know, you don't have Lawrence Fishburne as Morpheus, but you have Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, who you know according to his instagram is playing morpheus um like a a younger version a different version um you know swapping in some of these familiar touchstones but insert it but keeping an older version of keanu in here uh is just a really interesting way of um of sort of 
playing with the idea of nostalgia and what an audience wants from a sequel like this. Uh, and I kind of am of the mindset that uh, a movie like this is going to be closer to something like Star Wars The Last Jedi than it is you know, to The Force Awakens, where it's going to be a divisive thing where some audiences are going to want to watch this movie and have Neo be this you know immediately fully powered badass kind of how people envision what Luke Skywalker quote unquote should have been in the last Jedi. But I feel like Lana Wachowski is, is not interested in just giving people the easy out, you know, like the just yeah. sort of dropping this narrative, uh, this narrative thing at their feet and just saying like, okay, yeah, Neo is, you know, he's back baby. He's, he's doing all of his cool power stuff. Like from the very beginning, it seems like this movie is more interested in exploring what nostalgia means and sort of interrogating that concept a little bit in, in a really interesting meta way. So I'm, I'm, that's like the thing that I'm probably the most curious about when it comes to this, this movie. It, it is interesting. It's not just like the story beats are kind of mirrored in this trailer. They're like, I've seen people do side by sides. There, there's a lot of shots in this trailer that the framing is almost exactly the same as the original films. Like, uh, so I don't know. I, I'm, I'm very curious this whole, we'll get to the meta stuff later because there's some rumors going around, but, uh, stay tuned. Um, Brad, you talked about Neil Patrick Harris, who you say is a therapist. That seems like a small role to, if you're going to cast Neil Patrick Harris in a, in a movie, a therapist seems like, uh, beyond what, you know, he would normally take in a movie. So I, I assume there's more to it. Do either of you have a theory? Um, I mean, I'm not sure how big his role is going to be, but also, I mean, if you're an actor and you hear that they're doing another matrix movie, yeah, like I'm true. pretty sure you're not going to turn down no matter how small of a role it is. Um, especially since, uh, you know, Neil Patrick Harris isn't necessarily crying for work, but he also isn't, hasn't done a ton of like major movie stuff lately. And I, I think, if anything, his character is just going to be, you know, one of those uh, forms of control in the Matrix that's trying to keep Neo there um, or, or at least set, maybe keep him on the path of where they where they want him to go in this version of the Matrix, especially because if you look at uh, in his office uh, um, in, in that scene where we see him in, uh, in full, his glasses have uh, blue frames. So blue frames. Oh, yeah. And there's also a blue butterfly in the background which uh, butterflies could represent transformation. What, what does that mean? I don't know, but <laughs> but it's there. And I, I'm guessing because uh, Lana is involved, it's not there for, you know, just to look pretty. It's there for some kind of reason. And you mentioned blue. There's obviously the blue pills that uh, Neo, uh, I'm guessing, is being prescribed and at some point decides not to take. Um, and uh, there's, uh, let's talk about... At one point, Neo is like we see the reflection of him, and it's an old man. Does do either of you have any ideas on what is going on there? I put this in our Slack channel when I was writing the trailer breakdown, and Jacob uh, Jacob Hall theorized that maybe this was an older version of Neo. Um, that's maybe the best thing that you know. I understand how he could get there. I'm not fully convinced of that because it doesn't quite look like an older version of Keanu Reeves to me. It almost looks like an entirely different actor. Uh, in either case, I have no idea what it could possibly be <laughs> be like really meaning other than just you know uh, 
Neo looking into um, maybe an alternate reality or, or, or a different kind of world, um, maybe the, the quote unquote real world or something. But I, I don't have any like, uh, you know, real uh, catchy theories or anything about that. Hmm. Part of okay, me wonders if maybe, uh... if maybe that's how uh, he is seen by everyone else in the Matrix, even though we see him as Neo, like how he's supposed to be. And maybe oh, he... interesting. Um, but I don't know, you know, why he would be this this old man. Um, I do want. So there's. I, I was talking to somebody, um, Alan Cerny, who uh, used to write for Ain't It Cool News, and he uh, had had a theory where he was talking about um, something where. Uh, he remembered the scene with Cypher in the original Matrix where he makes a deal with Smith to be uh, taken out of the real world and plugged back into the Matrix and forget that he was ever uh, taken out of the Matrix. And he says that um, when he comes back, he wants to be somebody famous, like an actor. And so there's another scene in this trailer where it takes place in a movie theater. There are soldiers uh, engaging in in take, chasing Neo, and there's like a, a rocket that gets shot. And if you look in this scene, there is a scene from The Matrix where Neo is being enveloped by that metallic goo before he gets unplugged, being projected on the wall in this theater where Neo is on the run. And he's wondering if there's this angle where in The Matrix, Neo being back in the matrix has been turned into somebody who is living this affluent life is a famous actor, maybe starred in a movie about the matrix that is the matrix. And like, <laughs> and, and that's, and then like uh, Jonathan Groff is his agent, but maybe he's also an actual agent. <laughs> because wow. you're speaking of that line at the end of the trailer where Groff says, after all these years, coming back to where it had started, back to the Matrix. It almost right. sounds like one of those like, questions that we would ask, at, or like not we, but I guess like Entertainment Tonight would ask at a junket. <laughs> yeah, like he, like he's selling it almost. Like, like yeah, like we're going back to the Matrix, you know, the, this this place where everything started. And so that's I don't I'm not really sure how that would tie into the larger uh, narrative, but I do wonder if like if that is the case, if there's something that uh, Lana Wachowski is trying to say about like this culture of reboots and also like the, like the, like Ben was talking about this nostalgia that's there. And like, uh, you know, maybe there's some kind of thematic element about of actors like returning to these roles and, and things like that uh, mixed with the, you know, the blockbuster appeal of it all. Man, that is super interesting. I love that idea. And and there's that early shot in the, in the trailer where Neo, or I guess Thomas Anderson is, uh, is sitting in the bathtub and he's got the little rubber duck on his head. And it's just, I, I can totally see him being, you know, a rich actor whose life is totally empty and he just is, you know, feels completely unfulfilled. That that seems like the type of shot that would line up with that kind of narrative device. Um, I don't know if that's really what's going on here, but I, I love that theory. Okay, I think now is about the time that I, I drop in some rumor here that's been reported online. It was reported by the site uh, giantfreakingrobot.com. <laughs> Again, I do, I do not know this to be true, so this is not a spoiler, but it's a rumor and it's being reported online, uh, is that Neo is in this world, uh, in this new Matrix world, is a video game developer who designed a popular video game trilogy called The Matrix and Warner Brothers Interactive Games wants to make a fourth Matrix game and they're going to do it with or without him. 
and uh, he's kind of being forced to be pulled back into it uh, because he doesn't want someone else to do it. So he's this very famous video game developer that um, I'm, I'm guessing, you know, is rich. I mean, that would that would fit what you're saying there, uh, Brad. That would. Um, but I wonder if maybe in development or something like that, maybe they changed it to movies to have it be more mm. meta. Because there's, like I said, there's that shot where we see that shot from the original Matrix movie. So unless in this in this world they turn those video games into movies, you know, and that's that explanation for that. Oh, then, yeah. then I'm not sure. Then I'm not sure, you know, if that that makes sense. But yeah, that that would connect to yeah this this that idea. It, it, it's so weird, Peter, because that mean that would mean that there would be two Warner Brothers movies in the same calendar year in which Warner Brothers themselves are like you know active participant like <laughs> characters in the movies. Like, yeah, you know you got Space Jam: A New Legacy, where yeah. the whole thing is the Warner server verse or whatever, and then this too, if that's real, wow. But it would also be going to what I think you were looking for, Ben. You wanted something that was meta, speaking towards you know these remakes and sequels and uh i mean this is really meta like if this is true does this mean that warner brothers was going to make a matrix four without the wachowskis and lana didn't even really want to do it and i mean i think so right i think we saw i think we wrote articles about this we have written articles about this over the past several years where like i want to say it was um like zach penn or somebody was writing a matrix sequel because that's a piece of ip that warner brothers wants to uh you know capitalize on yeah i I, if this is true i wonder i wonder where it goes from there because that's not just a setup like i wonder what lana would say about that whole that whole thing um, okay, let's get back into the trailer really quick. Um, obviously, there's the Alice in Wonderland um, imagery that that was in the original. Do you, do you think there's anything new going on here? I don't know. This just seems like more of that sort of uh, callback. Yeah, callback yeah, stuff. Sure. But I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious if there's enough to that story where there could be uh, different illusions or. or uh, you know, you could go down a, a different rabbit hole um, in in that way. Yeah. Um, here's a question: because um, is uh, in that same sequence of shots where we see the white rabbit and then we see the Alice in Wonderland book, uh, there's a close up of that of that woman who seems to be sitting behind like a counter. I don't know if it's at that coffee shop that's called Simulate or whatever it is. Um, she's wearing these big <laughs> thick rimmed glasses. Do you think that she is a a reincarnation of the Oracle because she does share some similarities in her facial features with the original Oracle or a grown-up version of Sati, the Indian girl from the Matrix Revolutions. I mean, maybe she's just a lady at the coffee shop. I mean, <laughs> I think that close up. Yeah, you're probably right. You're somebody. probably right. You're not going to yeah. put that character like in the trailer if yeah. it's not, and do a close up of yeah. her if it's not going to mean something. I was thinking the Oracle, but I have not revisited the sequels in a long time. So maybe the other option makes more sense. I don't know. I'll have to re relook at those movies. Yeah, I feel like I, I need to rewatch these movies. I haven't rewatched them in probably over a decade at this point. Um, I guess another question a lot of people are having is why isn't Lawrence Fishburne Morpheus? Why is this other guy uh, appears to be a younger Morpheus and... I don't know. There, I don't think we have an, a definite answer to that, but I do know that there was this game. There was this Matrix Online. It was like an MMORPG game 
which came out in the Wachowskis at the time when it came out. It was kind of like, um, what is that series of novels from Timothy Zahn from Star Wars? Do you know, Brad? Um, Heir to the, the Empire? Uh, yes, yes. It was kind of like that where it was marketed as, you know, that was marketed. George Lucas was like, this, this is the definitive sequel to Star Wars or my Star Wars movies. And um, th- this game was marketed as the, the Wachowskis were signing off on this. This is canon. This is what happens after the Matrix. And uh, in that game series, uh, uh, very early on in the game series, Morpheus gets shot and gets killed. I mean, spoilers for a game that you can't even play anymore because it's an MMORPG. But um, so <laughs> I guess my question to you guys is, uh, is that what happened to Morpheus? Is, 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 do they... Are, are is Lana that stuck on being like, oh, we said that was going to be canon, so we're going to keep that canon? Because it didn't. It sounded like Lawrence Fishburne has said that he was never even contacted. Yeah, to come back. yeah. I mean, first of all, I have a hard time believing believing that they're going to make that video game canon in the movies. I'm sure there's an easy way to explain it away if they wanted to still keep it canon and just say, you know, something as far as this being like a new version of the matrix and like reboots or whatever, there, there's a number of ways they could easily. Well, exp- it, it, it could have been a game that, uh, uh, <laughs> that Neo. Hey, yeah, made. maybe, maybe they'll make the video game. Yeah. That's how they'll make the video game. Canon is that's the game that Keanu Reeves character made. In, in uh... the- <laughs> but no. So I, I actually did a thing about this because, um, obviously, uh, Yaya Abdul-Mateen's, uh, character, is very much Morpheus. He has the glasses, the, the the way in which he speaks. He's training Neo in that dojo, and he even posted on social media himself a picture of him in the trailer. And all he just said, he just said Morpheus. But I have a feeling that even though this is oh no, they the, the, found you, Brad. They, I don't know how, but they found me. <laughs> um, but I have a feeling that uh, even if this is Morpheus, I'm not sure that it's the real Morpheus. Whether that means. It's a completely different version, which is why he's younger and it's not Lawrence Fishburne. Or if it's meant to be like uh, a clone that is only uh, familiar to Neo as a way to to guide him and lure him to where whoever is, you know, the villain is and like wants him to be. Um, but I, I have a strong feeling that like this version of Morpheus isn't going to be exactly what we think uh, when it comes down to it. And I honestly, I think it would be really cool if we find out that Lawrence Fishburne did do something for this movie and they kept it secret where this is a version of Morpheus that's being used because the real version is being held prisoner somewhere or, or some, something like that. Um, but like, yeah, I think, I, I don't think it's as simple as like, yep, this is the new Morpheus. Cause I just, I have a hard time believing that they're bringing back Keanu Reeves. They're bringing back Carrie Ann Moss, <laughs> that they're going to be like, sorry, Lawrence Fishburne, nothing yeah. for you. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Chris Evangelist to theorize that Lawrence Fishburne is actually going to be in this movie, and and you know maybe like uh, I think HT said like maybe the real Morpheus is being held prisoner or something like that, and I I, I feel like there's no way that Lawrence Fishburne didn't get a call to come back. It just does not make sense to me. So I I think he's just doing an expert job of lying and he's actually going to pop up in this movie in some capacity. Yeah. Um, I, I guess we should talk about Trinity who appears to be in this world. She doesn't know that she's Trinity. She doesn't know Neo. So I guess like her arc in this movie is going to kind of mimic, uh, I guess Neo's arc because Neo has to awaken her. 
I think, I mean, unless Neo himself wakes up at the same time as she does, because um, I don't, I don't know if we have enough evidence from this trailer to know, to be able to like piece together the timeline quite yet. Um, there, yeah, there's the, this shot where like, it's the two of them and she's like crying. It looks like she's crying or sweating, but it's like code. It's like green code. Yeah, I'm not sure that she's crying or sweating, but there, but it's like a thing where like you see part of her turn, like where the code is streaming down the side of her face, it, like illustrating that maybe she's part of the system, or that maybe she's just somebody who's still plugged into the Matrix, you know. And so, like, and Neo, this is when Neo kind of starts to see things in that way he does, and sees that she's still part of it. Yeah, and and during the there's a voiceover during that section where Morpheus is, is telling Neo like he knows that the only thing that still matters to Neo is still here, and that's why Neo is like still around. And then it's intercut with that footage and and that moment that you guys are talking about. And I'm, you know, the fact that he can see, or I don't know if it's it's unclear to me if he sees that or if that's just for the audience, right? Um, but the fact that we're seeing that makes me wonder if if that version of Trinity is not actually there with him. You know, if that's just, you know, part of the simulation or whatever, if, if, if all of this is some sort of grand illusion to try to, as Brad was suggesting earlier, guide Neo into, you know, serving some sort of purpose for a larger, you know, uh, nefarious force or whatever. Um, you know, we, we haven't really talked about the action in this, like there's this inception style hallway shootout. There's, uh, basically a, a new version of the training scene but like it's the neo is shown to be overpowered in a way that um kind of goes against your theory of the luke skywalker theory then he, he looks like he's the version that um all the fanboys want of neo so i'm wondering what's going on there. what do you what are your guys thoughts on the action Oh, well, it looks amazing. Um, you know, it seems like it's doing a lot. Um, basically, like what you would expect to be an upgraded version of the action that we saw in the original movies. Um, you know, there's there's still bullet time. There's these, uh, you know, cool gunfight sequences. Uh, and so, yeah, more of the same, but in a, it looks like a little bit sleeker and maybe a little bit more polished even than it was back then because of obvious reasons with technology getting better in the past 15 years. <laughs> I, I just had a thought. Maybe they could write off the Matrix sequels and why they look so bad because they were the video games that Neo. Pro, no, I'm sorry, uh, Ben. What are your thoughts on the action? Well, I don't. I mean, the, the action looks really cool. There's one moment where um, I think it's Jessica Henwick's character jumps off of the top of a building and sort of, uh, you know, flies down to an opposing building and and like leaps off of that and like crunches the concrete beneath her. That looks like a little. Uh, shakier than some of the other stuff, like a little, you know, more fake, I guess. Um, but in comparison with like the the Agent Smith fight from uh, the Matrix sequels, like it looks light years better than that. Um, but I don't know, Peter. Like, the, yes, there is that scene where uh, Neo has seems to be overpowered, but there's also a scene where Keanu Reeves is like running through a hallway and jumping away from an explosion, and that just kind of looks like something that like a normal guy would do, not somebody who could put on glasses and flies around. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I, I think we're going to, I think Lana Wachowski is interested in playing with our expectations when it comes to that. For sure. Okay. I guess my, my biggest question coming out of this is who is the bad guy here? Because I don't know who the bad guy is. And also who's the replacement for agent Smith? Because we know Hugo Weaving isn't 
in this. And we do see someone with a gun that looks like it's an agent. Is that NPH? Is that Groff? Do either of you have any theories? I think Groff is going to be the new uh, primary agent villain. Um, that shot when with the water pouring down on Keanu Reeves where the gun is pointing at him, uh, it's the person holding the gun is blurred, but that profile and like the, the, the shape of the face looks a lot like Jonathan Groff. Um, and so I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the one who's playing the main villain. But then there's also like this thing too where I don't know if this is uh, just like the agents who have a new like tool at their disposal or a new way of manipulating the matrix. But um, first of all, in, in that, the sequence of, uh, quick flashing shots early on in the trailer, there's a shot of a guy with like a goatee. Um, you see him shooting a gun with like, uh, you know, one of the slow motion barrel explosions. And then you see his eyes and they turn from normal eyes into eyes that are like, uh, look like green matrix code kind of thing. And then later in the trailer, there's a shot where, uh, Neo is on a motorcycle riding through the city and a bunch of what looks like regular people in the city are coming after him. And you can very briefly see the eyes of one of those people and they are also glowing green. So I don't know if this is a thing where like the, the matrix itself starts to turn on Neo and like Mm. every, everyone is after him or if it's something that like a program or the agents are doing where they can control the matrix like that now. Yeah, it looks like there there's more than just one person in that final scene on the motorcycle that has green eyes. It's like the whole crowd, yeah. like everybody suddenly has those green eyes. It reminds me of, uh, I mean, you're talking about the, the hallway scene earlier, Peter, with the action. It reminds me of Inception, like the idea of, um, what, what do they call them? Like projections within yeah. the, the dream, you know, sort yeah. of turning on the, the inhabitants or whatever. And there's also that, um, this is a callback to Matrix Reloaded too, since like that kind of calls to mind like a zombie kind of thing, you know? Um, where the Oracle previously told uh, Neo that any stories you hear about aliens, uh, vampires, werewolves, that kind of thing, is uh, a program doing something that they're not supposed to be doing within the Matrix, which I think is is an interesting idea. By the way, speaking of that, we see a black cat at one point. Deja vu, yeah. Deja vu. So, yeah. Guys, we've been going, uh, you know, this trailer I think is two and a half minutes long. We've talked for 37 minutes now. (laughs) about this trailer which is insane i i i I think we can all recognize the ridiculousness of this uh do do either of you have any other things you wanted to bring up about the trailer Uh, i'm so excited like honestly like i wasn't sure what to expect uh you know after so long and like ben said before you know for lana wachowski to want to come back to this after being away for so long there has to be something interesting here and regardless of how you feel about their output you know um as a whole the wachowski siblings what you know whether it's cloud atlas or speed racer or what have you i I think that these uh they're still two of the most interesting and ambitious filmmakers working today and so for uh lana to want to dig back into such a popular mainstream franchise when she could probably just do whatever she wants to uh, i think says a lot about how cool this movie will hopefully be Actually, I have one question. Like, do we know why Lily is not involved? Has that been made public, or I don't think so. Okay. I think she said at one point that she was going to be working on a Showtime series, uh, so she was going to be busy, and then that show either fell apart or got put on pause, probably because of COVID or something. I'm not sure the the details there, but I think she has spoken publicly and just been like okay, best of luck. Like, I'm not really interested in that. That's that's kind of what I've heard, but I need to go back and like check the tape on her actual quotes about that because I, I don't yeah. remember them. At the same time too, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, 
even if you know they're not actually working together on this like you know they're siblings so i'm sure that there is some level of collaboration there even if it's only you know in like a consulting capacity or something like that for sure ben Um, you you had some other stuff to say yeah there's just one thing that just occurred to me just now um looking at the screenshot of jonathan groff at the very end of the trailer i wonder if he and nph are the same character um Hmm. because i i don't know there's something about the way that this trailer is bookended with those two guys uh and on one side of the screen like if you look at the framing of it um neil patrick harris is looking uh like left to right and then at the very end of the trailer jonathan groff is looking uh what would it be right to left like the opposite looking i don't know there's something about the the way that those two are dressed and framed and i'm you know sort of piggybacking off what brad was saying earlier it just seems like you know with the the agent stuff and the meta stuff like maybe there's (laughs) something in there where these guys i mean who knows peter that's what that's the brilliance of this uh franchise that is so like you know philosophical and just like beyond anything else that we had seen in mainstream american blockbusters at the time uh, this movie or, or these these movies played with such interesting ideas that the the playing field is wide open here. Like they, they could be the architect. They could be all of them could be the architect. It could, could be like anything, you know, the architect, the architect could never be mentioned again in these movies and an entirely new uh, system or structure could be, you know, uh, uh, erected in its place. Like the, the possibilities really do feel um, kind of endless. That reminds me of actually two things that um, that tie into w- what we talked about before. Uh, there's two shots that uh, we saw in um, the on the teaser website that led up to the trailer's release. Uh, if you don't know this, leading up to the trailer's release on Thursday, uh, the site whatisthematrix.com was active again, and it was all promoting the arrival of the trailer. And uh, what it did was if you went to the site and you clicked on the red pill, uh, it played the same teaser trailer no matter when you want, but it had different snippets of footage depending on when you clicked the red pill. It always um, said the time uh, that it was that you were watching it out loud and then had these snippets with uh, voiceover from either Yaya Abdul-Mateen or Jonathan Groff. Uh, If you took the blue pill, it showed some other clips and it had voiceover from Neil Patrick Harris. And there's two shots that were very commonly shown in those teasers. One of them is uh, an image of Yaya Abdul-Mateen looking it looks like he's in somewhere in the real world where there's like machinery and stuff like that. I don't know if it's on a ship that's like the Nebuchadnezzar, but his body is being formed almost by like nanotechnology or something like that. Mm. And then uh, one of the shots of Jonathan Groff is that close-up shot of his face when he's talking about, you know, going back to the matrix, but his mouth starts to do that thing where it closes in that goopy way that Neo's did uh, in, in the matrix when he was being interrogated by agent Smith. So I don't know what the, what either of those things mean. Uh, you know, the one with Morpheus might be more of an indication that he's not really Morpheus. He's something else. And then the other one, I'm not sure, because if, if Groff is an agent, why is his mouth doing that thing? You know, what's going on? Yeah. Um, you, you know, I think The Matrix was a movie that I think meant a lot to all of us. Uh, I hate to speak for the, the crowd, but I think uh, as film fans, uh, for me, uh, if I have any wish list or any big wish for this film uh you know i took a deep dive after watching the first matrix film and even the the sequels into uh philosophy there was like this series of books like the matrix and philosophy and that like uh opened this whole spiral into 
you know, actual real philosophy. But I mean, not that those aren't real philosophy philosophy books, but those uh, had like like little essays in it. And um, I'm really hoping that there's some interesting uh, doors that open here. That is not just a a sequel. Uh, even even though it, you know, I might have these meta kind of things. I, I'm hoping. That it that it, it it has me walking out of the theater asking questions about you know not just this world that we're watching in the movie but of uh, our reality. So, but that, that that's what I hope. That's my hopes for this film. Uh, but uh, you can read all the coverage that we have done for this movie on slashfilm.com. I'll link them in the show notes. Uh, this podcast is published every weekday on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Uh, please send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at peter at slashfilm.com. And if you have time, go to Apple Podcasts and write us a five-star review. You know, All you got to do is write one sentence that helps us out so much. Uh, tell your friends, spread the word, and we're going to see you on Monday. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick any area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM Sports account to get started. Then visit your promotion section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. You'll score a prize if you hit a single, double, triple, or home run. There's nothing more exciting than going yard. So swing for the fences with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on the market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER and partnership with MGM Northfield Park.